Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here today, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 9th of October, 2022. And on today's show, we look back at a fun weekend of Big 12 football. TCU gets the win and really outlasts KU. It was a fun back and forth game. College game day was there. Texas puts the beat down on Oklahoma and Red River. Oklahoma State pace performance was Baron Morton the star, though, of a game that Texas Tech lost. And then Farmageddon was exactly that. It was a uh, slog, tough road to hoe, if you will. Kansas State gets a win there. All that and more coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, folks, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LO Big 12, you guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Um, make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. We're 30 away from 2300. That is our next goal right now, hoping to make it there by the end of the week. So help us make it there with that. Uh, all right. This was another really fun weekend of the Big 12. And it yielded us now at the end of it, five teams, five from the Big 12 conference that are in the AP top 25 that came out earlier today. And I think that just shows the overall, I mean, there are people that believe that this league is yes, competitive, fun all over the place, but still it shows the league is very good. Texas checks in at number 22. Kansas does not move. They, they were 19 coming into the week. They stay at 19 because of that performance they had with their backup quarterback, Jason Bean against TCU. Kansas state goes up to 17, up three spots uh, with their 10 to nine win. Then you get to TCU who is number 13. Now, up four spots. They're at 5-0. and And then you wrap up with Oklahoma State at 5-0, and down one spot after their 10-point victory. Tennessee has jumped up to number six in the country. That bumped both UCL, or USC and Oklahoma State back. And, um, you know, five teams in the top 25. Four of those teams are members of the Big 12 in the future, right? Texas being the one that's not. And also future members of the Big 12 that are here in the ranking, Cincinnati is at number 21. So, you know, you take out Texas and say, okay, they're not a future member. United Cincinnati is number 21 in the country into the mix right now. And I know BYU has dropped in the rankings, but they were kind of, you know, in the area. Um, repping the BYU shirt here today on the show, supporting them despite the loss. And, and you know, I, I think Red River has asked a lot of questions about the league or about Oklahoma and Texas um, as a whole and, and kind of where those two schools are. And that'll get a lot of attention. But, you know, that was not the big one. That was not the big game in the Big 12 this weekend. If you're an overall college ball fan, I mean, college game, they decided to go to a game that was on a different network, right? That game was on Fox Sports 1 at noon when they had Red River at, at on ABC at noon, one of the first games that they select every single year in the draft, as they always call it, for television games is the Red River rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas. And that was not the big game. It was TCU and Kansas. And I'll tell you what, guys, this game to me was probably the best game that we saw all day. I'm going to tell you the quality of the play was the best quality of play. No, I'm not going to tell you that, that this game, you know, especially the second half, the defense I thought was, was pretty rough at times. But even with that being said, the quality of this game from an entertainment and watchability standpoint, I know AM and Alabama was fun towards the end. Right. And uh, I'm trying to think about what else I mean, was really exciting and super fun yesterday. There weren't, there weren't a ton of, uh, you know, UCLA's win was actually ended up being pretty comprehensive. And they, they got away later on 
in that game. But you talk about you know, what's the most fun, best games that we watched yesterday. I mean, talk about high, high, you know, high caliber matchups. I mean, TCU's win over Kansas was the most fun checking in at a score that was, you know, 38, 31. And uh, you know, Kansas and TCU went up and down the field in that second half and were scoring all over each other. And I just want to say like about this game. So I, I kind of felt TCU was going to win the other day. I mentioned that on the show, kind of like them with the odds. But once Kansas, it jumped to seven and a half. It felt like that was a line that I had to take. You know, I really liked Kansas getting a little bit more than the touchdown because, and they ended up covering by a half point because it was at home. It was a big environment. It felt like, you know, that one turnover would be the one that would swing it. And there was that Jason B interception was horrible, but it felt like it was going to be close throughout because the importance, because the atmosphere. And the fact that Kansas keeps this as close as they did with Jason Bean, who's a fine player. I mean, he's a, he's a, you know, serviceable backup quarterback. He would be honestly better quarterback than anybody Oklahoma's got right now uh, with Dylan Gabriel hurt. And the fact that he played that well, he was spinning the ball all over the place. Um, and the running game, you know, was a mis- mix and match of how effective it was at certain times. I feel like they had some big runs in this game. But the fact they were able to hang in this thing and uh, they were able to contribute and go score for score in what was a 42-point total second quarter shows you where this team is. The fact that they were in this, the fact that at one point it felt like TCU's athleticism was getting to them. There was a part of this game where Kansas players were dropping like flies. Kenny Logan about an injury. Lonnie Phelps left the field. Obviously, Jalen Daniels left the field. I think Jacoby Bryant maybe got shaken up at one point too. I mean, they were losing guys left and right. And uh, I think um, one of the receivers too, I'm forgetting who it was, which uh, Luke, I think Luke Grimm or was it was either Luke Grimm um, or it was – Maybe Lawrence Arnold it was. I'm forgetting which one it was. But one of those guys gets injured. It felt like, man, you know, that's that's the one thing about when you start going up a weight class and you have guys dropping with injury and one team just seems a bit more physical than the other. That was a case there were guys dropping, but TCU or Kansas did not back away from this fight. The problem in the end of the day for Kansas is this, and I, I undersold TCU, undersold them big time coming into the season, guys. They have an array of playmakers that I think I I sold them short. I think others sold them short. Maybe did not give them enough of a look. In this game, I know Darius Davis, the touchdown. I know Tay Barber caught the missile. But this was about one playmaker to me. This was about Quentin Johnston. And TCU this year had not made it a point of giving him the football to be quite honest, they hadn't needed to, right? With the way they played against Colorado, with the way they played against SMU, with the way they played against Oklahoma and Tarleton State. I mean, they were able to do what they were doing without getting a guy who's one of the top you know, top receiver prospects in the NFL draft, getting him fully involved. Their commitment was to that today. I mean, they were getting him the ball on consecutive plays, back to back to back in every single way, shape, and form. I love the way that Quentin Johnson can catch the football with his back to the defense. He had a great sense of where guys were. He was really patient too. When he'd catch the football, he let those guys come at him. He'd make a move and then he would explode. And that was the one thing that with, with Quentin Johnston and, and Max Duggan, we'd seen a lot of them down the field right last year. The big question for you with Max Duggan is like, can you distribute? Can you make those short throws? And he missed a few today. Everybody misses a few. He missed a few today, but he did a really good job. I thought of getting him into space. I mean, 14 for 206 and a touchdown, long of 53. He was, he was getting 14.7 yards per touch, right? They were getting this guy the football, and he was making things happen all day. And obviously they hit those big plays, the Darius Davis one, which was weird, the sideline. I mean, that guy, Darius Davis is too fast if you missed. And if you missed one tackle, man, like 
you better hope the guy behind him is pretty athletic to make that stop because he is a he's 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 a burner. He's got some serious speed. And then that Tay Barber throw, we barely you know they the broadcast said it. They didn't call his name at all in this game. And Max Duggan, I mean, basically shoves a football into his chest in some of the tightest coverage that you'll see. Was the pressure good? No. I thought a lot of the coverage, though, on some of these was actually pretty good with some of the touchdowns that we saw. I mean, some of these catches that Kansas was making in the latter part of this game were phenomenal, too. I mean, think about some of those guys. And I think there was the one that ended up not being a catch. That was really impressive uh, on the sideline. You know, this was a this was an excellent, excellent offensive football game, save that really horrible interception that Jason Bean threw. Um, I thought both teams abandoned the pressure a little bit there in that second half, which I didn't think was was excellent. And I thought TCU also uh, abandoned the run a little bit at, at certain points, um, but they, you know, they, they didn't need to stick to it the entire time. Right. And um, on that last play, because you know me, guys, I really don't love to talk about the officials. Did Kansas have a gripe? They legitimately had a gripe. Yes, I thought the receiver got held there. Um, I thought I think they do have a very good case that that was getting held. But you know what? Like that stuff happens in a lot of these games, and it's it sucks. And uh, there's a lot of conversation about you know about uh, should it be reviewed or, or whatever it is. Um, and I, I'm sorry for UKU fans that that really does hurt that that wasn't called. It felt like they should have gotten one of those two calls there on a hold. They didn't get it. And um, that's unfortunate that it didn't go their way. But, you know, you understand sometimes referees swallowing whistles in in big situations like this. And look, there were only six penalties total in the entire game. Um, You know, that's that's pretty a relatively clean game in my estimation. But I thought the big turnover, really the big turnover in this game was that was that um, the interception that Jason Bean threw. I have to say, though for a guy that went out there after that and kept slinging the ball around, like what a tremendous amount of confidence they needed him to be that guy, even after the turnover. And he was that guy. This was the game that the big 12 needed. Um, the fact that Brett, your can say that the two, two top 20 teams that got college game day delivered an absolute tank slapper of a, of a game um, that people were really looking forward to is awesome. And the fact that TCU's not or Kansas is not getting disrespected after the loss and they're maintaining their ranking. And the fact that TCU's getting a nice bump after that game um, shows you the kind of the respect the league has right now. I think it's a very healthy respect that this league has. And a lot of it right now is, is not 110% to do, or you know, mostly in part not to do with OU and Texas. Um, and let's get to them now. But I just want one more thing on this game. College game day, like the crowd was awesome. Why the hell Brett Yormark got one question? Like that was really bizarre. Not sure they went back to him, but Pete Thamel asked him one question and cut away from him. I went a little bit more Brett. Let Brett get that spotlight, baby. Love that. Hey everyone, quick word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by Simply Safe. Simply Safe is the best way to keep you, your family, your house safe from anybody who would mean to do you all harm. Simply Safe right now is offering a great promo for our listeners. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. At simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system right now when you sign up for an interactive monitoring monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right. Texas throttles Oklahoma. Um, I'd mentioned that this is actually one week where I, I, I had a pretty good sense of these games. I did the, the Texas Tech game was actually a bit closer than I thought it would be. And I, I can't say I thought the Iowa State game was going to be 
that as ugly as it was. But these two early games, man, I, I felt like I had a pretty good sense. I didn't think it'd be 48 nothing. Um, but shout out to Texas for for going out there and absolutely burying a team that they are much better than. Uh, JT Sanders is something to, I mean, obviously Quinn Ewers, we know when he plays, they're a bit of a different, different team. JT Sanders to me is a difference maker. You think about, you know, Jaleel Billingsley coming in to be that tight end, uh, to be that guy for them, you know, another target and Sanders to me, is just, a, I mean, he's just an absolute bowling ball. This guy's hard to stop. And they had the entire offense working today. They had Sanders. They had Bijan go 22 carries for 130 and two scores. Roshan Johnson carried the ball for 6.3 yards. To, I mean, I know that a lot of these guys got it later in the game, but they ran the ball for six yards of carry and basically ran for three yard, 300 yards. Um, Jordan Whittington, five catches. I thought he had a great game. Jatavian Sanders had five catches. Roshan Johnson had two for 36. I mean, Xavier Worthy catches a touchdown, but they didn't need a whole lot of Xavier Worthy in this football game. And uh, they beat a team that is much worse than them. They shut them out. Their defense is a lot better. Texas, I think to me, is in a team that we're going to look at more, I believe, over the course of the week because I think they're a legit Big 12 title contender. The one thing that's going to knock them right now is they got that one loss, Texas Tech. That loss is going to hurt them. But, it, you know, it should it should kind of annoy you or bug you if you're a Texas fan because this team is better than that. This team should be better than – Texas Tech's a really difficult team. They're so frisky. But they that's a game they should have won. In retrospect, they should have won that game. I mean, even when it happened, I felt like they should have won that game. Um, so Texas, they're right now, they're in a really good spot. They've got Iowa State coming up this week. That's one of those where you just pedal down, right? And an Iowa State defense really makes you work, but but they need to go pedal down because this closing stretch for them is brutal. At Oklahoma State, at Kansas State, TCU, at Kansas, and Baylor. I mean, that stretch looks a lot harder than what we thought it would be at the beginning of the season. So Iowa State taking care of business against this Iowa State team, getting it to five and two. Uh, and you know, making things work across the field against that really strong defense, huge, huge for them coming up. Oklahoma on the other side of things. Um, you know, there's gonna be a lot of existential questions. We'll get into those as the week goes on. The game plan. Why are we not getting Marvin Mims the football? Why are we throwing with other players who are not the quarterbacks? What was I mean, you're really trying to change the identity of this team. You know, in a week where I know you don't like the quarterback you have, I, I understand that, right? But you were trying to change way too much up in a week, and I thought the game plan was not well thought out. I thought this team was dead on arrival, man. They were not ready to play. They were absolutely not ready to play it, and, and credit to Texas for making them look like that, right? You know, you can say, well, Texas beat a bad OU team. Yeah, I mean, they beat them by 50, though, right? They beat them by 50 and shut them out. So if a team is checked out and didn't look good and is asking questions of themselves, what would you want a good team to do? Go out there and beat their ass. And that's what Texas did in this game. Um, so once again, credit to them. But Oklahoma, like, it, I mean, I'll talk to the guys that I work with, Chris Plank and Gabe Eichert, and we'll talk to John Jonathan Williams or John Williams, um, you know, who hosts Locked On Sooners and try to get an idea of what's happening here. But a couple things to me. Number one, this team does not have much depth. Um, you know, quarterback spot, like, it just doesn't seem to be a deep team, right? The defense not as deep as we thought. Uh, this is a team to me that's going to hit the transfer portal pretty hard this offseason. And this situation to Oklahoma, I think I didn't, I didn't, I undersold it. I undersold how bad it was going to be. And Brent Venables learning a lot of lessons. But, you know, like there is a reason why it felt like they were going to be favored in most of their games coming into the season, right? You bring Jeff Levy in, you're a successful defensive coordinator. And I think a lot of people mentioned this, and Tom Luganville mentioned it this morning uh, when I was talking to him. He said, look, man, like these aren't Clemson's players. 
right? And uh, it's it's about players. Players, you know, game plans and schemes are great, but players over plays is what he always says. And their players and their plays don't look good, but their players just look disorganized. They look um, I mean, the lack of confidence is putting it very nicely. This team just was not. Re- I mean, I want to say they weren't ready to play, but like it feels like it's more of a an existential issue, like more of a them issue, right? It's not about their opponents right now. It's about them getting right. This has been three straight weeks now in Big 12 play where they've gotten beaten. And, I mean, you know, it's kind of, kind of been progressive. Like you had Kansas State pull away from them, and the game ends up being one-score game, but Kansas State pulled away from Oklahoma two scores late in that fourth quarter. Then you had the smackdown against TCU. Then you have a complete shutout against Texas. We're heading in the wrong direction. Now, maybe that's what they need. The one thing Oklahoma had last time was a seamless transition from one coach to the next, from Bob Stoops to Lincoln Riley. It went great. This isn't that. And sometimes that's how it goes. That's how this stuff works. But I'm interested this week to dive more into that. So credit to Texas for taking care of business against a team that looked way down on themselves and each other. And, uh, you know, we have to shout out the um, – uh, you know, Texas for doing that and then Oklahoma. I mean, yeah, we have to ask some serious questions, but, but they're done. I mean, they're, 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 you know, there's one more team cross off Iowa state crossed off West Virginia crossed off uh, Texas tech at this point crossed off four teams for sure. Crossed off done. See you later. You cannot win the big 12 championship at this point. Oklahoma state gets by Texas tech, man. You know, what's funny about this is Oklahoma state, like they can score Whenever they want to, it feels like. When they need the scores, they can get them. The offense can stall at some at some points. And um, they scored 41 points and ran for 3.3 yards a carry. <laughs> I guess it's, uh, the longest run that Spencer Sanders had was 14 yards. The longest run Dominic Richards had, uh, Richardson had was, was for nine yards. Uh, but they threw that ball all over the place, and Bryson Green was your star, and Brennan Presley – uh, you had a really nice day, John Paul Richardson. I mean, Dominic Richardson out of the backfield, some too. Like these guys can spread this football all over the place, and I thought Spencer Sanders did a very good job of of doing that. Um, but it, you know, it'll be a back and forth game at times, sure. But I was never that concerned for them in this game. Yeah, they get down. What was it? I mean, I think they were down what ten at one point. I'm trying to think. Yeah, they were down ten. Uh, oh no, they got up 10 right after going down and shout out to Baron Morton. We'll get to him in a, in a second, but this thing was, you know, back and forth, able to make it uh 31 23 at one point for Texas tech. But then what does Oklahoma state do? They go, they tie a game again, or they score a touchdown, get a two point conversion. They go kick a field goal, go up three. And then um, with, with, you know, with a couple minutes left in the fourth quarter, um, they end up scoring and putting this game or, you know, not I think a couple minutes left but in the fourth quarter, they end up scoring and putting this game away. Right, 11 plays, 57 yards, and a touchdown. And against Baylor, they demonstrated the ability to do that whenever they wanted to. And against Tech, they demonstrated the ability to do that whenever they wanted to. Tech outgained them 527 yards to 434. Um, You know, they were a little bit better on the ground, I guess you could say, in this game. But look, the turnover, that was uh, the turnover that happened in this game. It was a turnover from, uh, from Texas Tech. And also, you know, the penalty battle. Texas Tech committed more penalties in this game. It's small stuff like that sometimes. But I have to say this. Well, let me finish on Oklahoma State first. That defense, it'll give it up. Uh, there are some serious concerns against top-level competitions. If if Texas, if Kansas State, 
if if any of those teams, you know, uh, bring their A game, TCU, if they bring their A game, they can definitely beat Oklahoma State. They they probably will beat them, right? This is not a excellent five and zero. Excuse me. This this uh, CMU game. I know guys were out in that game, but still not great what they did. You you tack on the result against Arizona State, a very workmanlike win for them in that one. Uh, you know, you move ahead into conference play. You love the Baylor win, right? You absolutely got to love that Baylor win for them. That was an excellent win. A pine bluff. I'm not going to just. I'm not going to count. Talk about that. Uh, love the Baylor win for them, but still, there was times where it was shaky. And this win too. Like this is a really good football team that has got excellent coaches with Casey Dunn, with Derek Mason, obviously Mike Gundy. They got a quarterback they have a lot of trust in. They have a pretty decent defensive line. Showed that yesterday in the running game. But they gave it up to a guy making his first start. And you got to give Baron Morton credit, which you will in a second. But man, oh man, is that defense. They will give it up. They will give it up. Uh, TCU next week, fascinated. Fascinated. Strap in for that game, guys. Strap in because it feels like it's going to be tit for tat, old school, Big 12, because those two teams are going to be going back and forth, I believe. We got to see if the playmaking and tackling on defense is going to be there for Oklahoma State. They can be beaten. On the other side of things, uh, Texas Tech is just a solid, good football team. There are so many teams in the country. I cannot reiterate this. I'm I am a fan of uh, Virginia Tech back home. I went to Missouri, right? I am a fan of two teams that would kill for any three of these guys. Say what you will about Donovan Smith, man. That that kid, it's, it's, I'm not sure it's a perfect offense for him. I really don't feel like this is the right offense for him. Baron Morton, what a performance. Tyler Shuck, we know can be good. We know he can toss the ball around. Just a matter of the poor guy staying healthy at this point in time. You know, Virginia Tech and Missouri Power 5 programs, they'd kill for guys like that. Other other teams, too, would kill for guys like that. Um, and they got three of them, and they're, and they're well-coached, and they are so competitive, man. One more word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by the folks at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Go to BetOnline today. When you guys do sign up, it's free to do. They've got odds for everything, Major League Baseball postseason, NFL, and obviously college football. They've also got MMA, boxing, golf, NASCAR, F1. All of those things are available. It's easy to do. You guys can go to bet online on your computer, on your tablet. Hey, if you have your old iPod Touch, that might even work too. You get connected to the internet. Uh, they also have a uh, way to join on your mobile device. So you guys can go to bet online today and check out all the action that they have. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Who is nobody, nobody it feels like this year is going to blow out the Texas Tech Red Raiders. They're three and three, one and two in the league. They had that three-point win against Houston. They, they once again got paced, not pasted, paced by NC State. They have the win against Texas. They have the loss 37-28, where it was tied going to the fourth quarter against Kansas State. And they lost by 10 in this game. And both those games were on the road. Like this team, yeah, they're they're 10 points worse on the road. Than, um, than some top 25 programs right now, one of them being a top 10 program, right? And so that's that's not a bad place to be. It's just that these are tough games. They've got West Virginia at home after a bye week, and they've got uh, Baylor as well at home after that. This team is a threat to make a bowl game, man. West Virginia, Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma, all those games are left on the schedule. Three of them are at home, West Virginia, Baylor, and Oklahoma. All of those games are at home, and so is Kansas, too. We'll see where Kansas is at that point in time. They've got a chance to win six. They definitely have a chance to win six, and I'm not sure I thought that would be something that we could say. This team is much improved. They are much improved, and Joey McGuire has done a really good job. Their record might be worse than last year's record, but I think in terms of where the team is and where they're going, 
they're they're in really good shape, and especially that recruiting, it feels like they're in great shape too. So Baron Morton, I, I'm not sure if you guys saw the quote about this after the game. Mike Gundy said, "What year is that kid?" And he was he was informed he's a redshirt freshman. And he goes, "That's not good." Because he knows he has to deal with him for years to come. I mean, look, I think in the end, maybe Donovan Smith maybe stays. But I think there's other teams that could really use his abilities differently just because he's a really good runner. And this is a very, very pass-friendly offense, in my opinion. It's kind of what it does. Um, and so I think there is a chance that, like, and I know they're picking this game. But he went through for 400 yards, 39 of 62, 379, two, two, two TDs and one INT. I mean, that's that's really difficult, man. It's really difficult. Look, they ran him 16 times. I know it's part of like their offense right now is running the quarterback, but I think there are other places that could best like I think there's other places that could best use Donovan Smith and kind of his his projection going forth. I, I think I could see Baron Morton being, and I know he's really good athletes, so they want to use him as a runner, but the guy can sling it all over the place. The guy really can. So I think he's a really good fit for this offense. I'm really excited to watch what happens with him. Um, you know, I, I hate to see Donovan Smith might be the odd man out. It's a guy who won, you know, conference player of the week offensively a couple weeks ago, despite throwing two interceptions. So, uh, you know, I think this is uh, this is definitely a, you know a situation that is interesting. It's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. Final one: Kansas State plows their way to a win. I put this in there because it's Farmageddon, obviously. So you you know you like to play on words, you know, plow, farm, whatever. Um, Kansas State hits the one explosive play that was really just a broken play in this game. Now I'll give you this. They would have scored anyway, or they should have scored anyway, because the Malik Knowles play. I think it was Malik Knowles who had the one that was um, – was it Brooks or Knowles who ends up not scoring? I'm forgetting which one it was on that play, the, the deep shot downfield where he gets popped out of the one-yard line. But Kansas State is a resilient bunch. They are a very resilient bunch because the tide was turning in this game. Um, and once again, like for them, it feels like if they don't hit explosive plays, they cannot score. They hit the big passing. I mean, they had two passing plays this game, 81 yards and 68 yards, right? It was Malik Knowles who gets punched out of the one-yard line there. Um, you know, besides that, Adrian Martinez threw for less than 100 yards of those, of those two throws. You say, oh, it took this two away. Yeah, but, like, you know, the rest of the throws, you take those two away, he ends up going 10 for 17 for, like, 90-some yards, right? So not, you know, not some crazy, amazing passing evening uh, for him. They kept it on the ground. They kept the commitment on the ground. They didn't run the ball too well, but their defense really did help them out. And look, Iowa State's kicking game was pretty good. They just can't finish drives. They're just not good enough. I mean, you let Xavier Hutchinson eat, sure, eight for 100, but what else can they do? There's not a whole lot that this team, Iowa State team, can do offensively besides that. I mean, they're trying to get Jairo Brock and Deion Silas, trying to get those guys going the rushing game, but it really feels like, you know, Jalen Knowles there, sure. But, I mean, they used the, the tight end knock one time on that 25-yard catch. Second biggest passing play I think they had all night. So this is a team that is really just – it feels like there's a big void right now in that skill-making position. And that sucks because their defense is awesome. I mean, you look at the way this this game played out. 388 yards for, uh, on, of offense for Kansas State. Great. But, you know, they only – they were holding 10 points. That's a great job. Four for 13 on third down. Another great job that they did. They locked them in at 3.4 yards per carry. Another excellent job. They were in the backfield causing problems. I think they had six tackles for loss in this game. Iowa State gets after you. They really do. Their defense keeps them in games. It's tough to blow them out. Their offense, just not there. And it does not feel like this offense is going to turn the corner. Maybe they can do it for a game, but it does not feel like at any point this offense is going to turn the corner. I mean, think about that best drive they had all season. They had to grind out an impossible drive against Iowa this year, that 90, the 99-yard drive, whatever it was. They threw it to Hutchinson like half the drive, right? So they don't have enough there, in my opinion. If you're Kansas State, like we got to find a way to get this offense more consistent. 
absolutely have to because um, teams can load up against you. And, uh, if, you know, you got lucky on the one big play because there's a missed sack and then a missed tackle in the secondary, which allowed your only touchdown. And you fumble the other big play away. So this is good. You'll take a road win at night. You kind of put it behind you and say, all right, we know we have to shore up. Um, and their defense, I think their defense is very good. Uh, the Kansas State defense. I do think there's some holes in it, but they make a lot of plays all over the field. That's one big thing too. They can make a lot of plays. So they still remain undefeated in the league. They're five and one. They're in a great spot. That over six and a half win total I took for them still looks great. Very happy about that. Uh, but another fun week in the Big 12. We'll talk more about five teams top 25 tomorrow, kind of where this league is right now. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO Big 12. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Till next time, as always, my friends, stay safe.